the four o'clock football frenzy. Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The four o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Halfway point in the show. Got a lot of football to get to. Also more NHL news. Adam Hill, Cofield, Ari in the Finley Toyota Studios. Uh, so the hockey news today, very big for Las Vegas. We have another massive event coming to town. And every time we talk about these new events coming to town, Adam, it's uh, generally in an area of the calendar where it's busy, which is cool because for the longest time we weren't busy. NHL All-Star game is going to land here. What took so long? This is the center of the universe. But the All-Star game is going to land here in 2022. That's the the whole All-Star weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's it's thrilling, exciting. I think a lot of these events are coming here. I, I would say the I've said the Pro Bowl should be here every year. I think Monday Night Football should be here every week. Just play neutral sites. Uh, obviously, the All-Star game in the NHL, it should be here every year. This should just be the home of everything. Now that we're... Firmly entrenched in the sports world. League also announced that uh, the Preds are little brothers. Nash Vegas. The Preds. And Nashville will host the Lightning for an outdoor game oof. at the Titans football stadium. February 26th. Why did you just go oof? kind of want to go. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were immediately jumping to... Kind of well, warm. Nashville's not freezing. It's kind of warm. It eh? could be. It could be 75. Technology I don't know, I don't know is... what the high. We'll look up the high on February 26th. Obviously, they tried really hard at Lake Tahoe, and uh, they got some bad luck and also didn't realize that uh, even when it's cold as, you know what? It could be it's, sunny. It's sunny. <laughs> I don't know how many times you've been skiing, but... Uh, I haven't gone many, but there were a few times where I was like, eh, it's like uh, 30 degrees, but it's kind of hot up here. Do you want to guess average high temperature in Nashville on well, February 26th? I'll guess average, but I also want to know what the record high is. Okay. Because if it's Bedman, then, you know, he's going to walk into bad luck. I have to find that. But yeah. I have the average. Average? February 26th in Nashville, 58. 49. 49? Yeah. All right. We're good to go. It's cold. <laughs> Cold enough. It is cold enough. Average low, 34. Ooh, okay, they can get 34. We need to know what the record high is. Okay. I'll try to find that information. Please. Do you watch the Weather Channel or not? What's going no, on here? But I don't remember everything. <laughs> you don't know every no. every major football city's <laughs> record high? All right, we're going to work on that. Someone's going to work on it. Ari, maybe Adam, the vast research crew in the back here at Lotus. Adam headline. Urban Meyer doesn't sound like he thinks Tebow will make the team. Wait, what? My guy Tebow? What's going on here? Where are you getting this from? What'd you wean this from? Uh, I mean, this is from, you know, I know it's a seventh party, but it's actually an interview with Urban Meyer. Okay. Um, He said when he was asked how Tebow is doing learning the tight end position, he said he's doing a, quote, decent job. That's it. Not going to make the team. (laughs) That's not good enough for you? No. Um, he also, he said, uh, the last thing you said, because he was asked, could he make the 53? He said, the last thing you just said is the tough part. There's 53. And that's new to me. That's the reality of the NFL. 
that you have 90 players. So to me, he's one of the 90. What's the difference between him and the other 40 guys trying to make the team? To me, it's all the same. This is their livelihood. It's a job. It's a way to make a living. And the reality is a good percentage of your roster is going to get cut or transitioned out of here, which to me, that's completely new. In college, you've got your 85 to 95 guys, and you fit them in, and you put the puzzle together. It's much different here. So right now, the only way to make the team to justify it would probably be as a third quarterback. Right? Sure. Not it would he wouldn't be active on a week to week basis because I think you, if he's going to be on the roster, wouldn't you want him to be active for other things? Yeah, saying third quarterback so who's, act, who's actually active, which is unusual, very unusual. I, you can't waste a roster spot on him. You're happy about this, but it's I mean, it is. Wouldn't it be easy if you thought he's going to make the team to be like, hey, listen, he's right there. We're we're seeing some good things from him. the guy. He's doing decent. Hey, there's a lot of guys that get cut. You want honesty? <laughs> Nobody's ever honest. Or do you want bullcrap out of this? Well, he's he's not doing either. He's trying to bullcrap honesty. What does that mean? I mean, he's just spewing a bunch of words that don't mean anything, but he's really saying, listen, this guy's not making the team. He stinks. We're still doing the Brady. Who is he talking about? Oh, yeah. Because it finally came out. It finally aired. Well, he was on the, he's on the shop. And you hear, I can't believe that team is going to stick with that mother. And he was talking about a quarterback on a team that may have been chasing after him. I thought we established it last week. The final word on all of this is Colin Coward. It is a shot at Mitch Trubisky, who for the record is now a backup. So what Tom is saying as the GOAT to a now backup is a reasonable thing to say. So it is um, Trubisky. There you go. Trubisky and the Bears. That's it. We're done. You're still going with this. I am. Because last (laughs) week, because last week, all we heard was one clip of the full quote. And we knew that. We knew that was, it was out of context. It was for the promo. They wanted to show it on the commercial and get people to watch the show. I watched it. I don't know if you uh, checked out the shop this weekend. It was a pretty good episode uh, with one of my favorite musicians, Kid Cudi, who was on there. Um, Chelsea Handler, I thought, ruined the episode, but she was on there. Um, it was a good conversation, even though LeBron wasn't there this week. Uh, but Tom Brady was on there. So was your guy, Dr. Dre, which they had some some good back and forth banter. Um, That's why I don't watch. Brady, well, Brady basically said he was like, he's like, I don't know how basketball players get hurt. Like, what are they even doing? Oh, really? Yeah. And Dre That's was awesome. like, bro. He's like, you take a break every 10 seconds. You just play for 10 seconds and sit out for, for 30. Oh, my God. So it was a good, the absurdity. It was a good back and forth. Of now, and that's why Dr. Dre is Dr. Dre. He's he's the know-it-all. He's the doctor of kinesiology, as he tried to explain Draymond Green why his kicking of other players and your breaking hands. Well, that was all part, uh, part of the the motion of the body. I thought it was good back and forth. Actually, what Brady and, was, now, and now his comeback to Brady is you guys take breaks all yes, the time. What Bra- what Brady basically was saying to him was you need to work with doctor with a doctor with Alex Guerrero. Like you need Alex Guerrero. Was he trying own. to get him in there? Essentially, yeah. Huh, Got to yeah. recruit. Yeah, he's like I was. I was hurt all the time, and then Guerrero came along, and I've never even feel pain anymore. So oh, that, that's we got. We got to pull, dude. This we got for tomorrow. Great. We got to pull the the Draymond Green, Tom Brady. That's awesome. It was great. That so was, anyway, so where where did Brady make it clear that it wasn't Trubisky or that it was the Raiders and Derek Carr? So I don't think it's clear that it's Derek Carr. But I thought after last week's clip, when we heard uh, just that one part of you're staying with that mother blanker, right? To me, I thought it was okay. He's talking about the 49ers. He's talking about Garoppolo. But now the whole quote is out there, so we can read into it a little bit more. 
And he said, when I look back, I'm like, there's no blanking way I would have went to that team. But they said they didn't want me. I know what that means. I know what that feels like. And I'm going to go blank you up because of that. Ooh. So to me, that rules out Bears. Because. Does it have to be an opponent? Well, he, he says, I'm going to go blank you up because of that. Oh, wow. So wouldn't that mean some team that he trashed? That he just went mm-hmm. nuts against? And he lost to the Bears. Did they play the Raiders? They yes, did. yes, they did. And the Raiders had a bunch of COVID issues. The game got bumped from, uh, was it Snuff? They're supposed to play on Sunday yeah. Night Football? Yeah. Uh, Brady went 33 of 45, 369, four touchdowns, and the Raiders lost to TB12 and company, 45 to 20. So now that this is what you're tying together? Well, this is what, so Pro Football Talk put this out, and they were like, hey, listen, a lot of league people reached out to us as soon as it aired. Oh, boy. And they were like, oh, it's the Raiders. Oh, wow, really? And, and so they're, they're going with that, which that, that, they're not reporting that it's the Raiders because they also had a report today that they were like, it could be the Dolphins because like, some people in Miami are speculating it's the Dolphins, which doesn't make sense because they weren't sticking with Fitzpatrick. They were going to Tua. So that wouldn't have made a whole lot of sense. Oh, boy. The 49ers thing people are saying fell apart because he said, I wouldn't have gone to that team anyway, and it was pretty widely reported that the 49ers were his first choice. So Why wouldn't he have gone? Because they're not good enough or he didn't want to screw over Jimmy G? Well, he says, when I look back, I'm like, there's no black and white that went to that team anyway. So I think if the 49ers would have allowed, would have welcomed him, he would have gone there. So that kind of eliminates them. This is good stuff. There, there's like all these clues that he's laying out there. You're like, okay, okay. Now, I believe after all these clues, the Raiders make the most sense for who it was. I don't think there's any way to say that it was definitely the Raiders. It seems like based on what he's saying that they fit a lot of this. Now, that's also... When he says, I'm going to go blank you up because of that, I'm taking that to mean he did, that he went out and, and crushed some team. Maybe he's just saying in the future I'm going to. Hmm. But I'm taking that to mean that he did. So I'm looking at only teams that he went out and, and just demolished, which would eliminate the Bears, would eliminate the 49ers who didn't play. Um, there's a, Do you, you think know, Tom Brady was talking trash on the Raiders and Derek Carr? It could have been maybe like the Panthers. He cr- he crushed them pretty well. Hmm. Maybe he meant Bridgewater. <sighs> But I'm I'm just looking at teams that he went out that he was rumored to go to, that he went out and really crushed last year because of this because of the full quote. Which all, means- the, all this speculation. Do you feel like you're doing your job responsibly as a journalist? No. There's, there's, if is this not ethical? Say who it is? Is this ethical? This is just fun. Nobody's reporting. Nobody's saying, "Hey, this is what it is." You're just trying to read the clues and try to figure it out. It's more fun than anything else. But also, Tom Brady said last night. Uh, hey, when I talk publicly, 90% of it is BS anyway. Which now is totally throwing me off. <laughs> of course. So is it cool? If we get back to normal rules with the media where you can ask a follow-up question, should every person who asked Tom Brady a question follow it up with, are you lying? <laughs> right. right. Like after he answers, you're like, seriously. Right. But we've known this you, anyway. You said you lie 90% of the time. Yeah. Were you being honest? Brady never says anything relevant anyway during like during interviews like after right. a game. Right. Once the, once the season starts, he's very, he's very Jeter-like. The example he used last night, he's like, hey, if I'm, if I'm speaking and it's like it's game week and you're like, hey, what do you think about blank corner? And he's like, and I think the guy is garbage that we're going to torch for 400 yards. I'll come out and be like, I think he's great. I think that guy's really good. He's one of the better players I've seen. He's going to be so tough to go against. And in my mind, I'm thinking, we're throwing at you all day. You suck. All right. Do we want Derek Carr's response to all of this? <laughs> He was uh, at a golf tournament. Sure. He's talking to some local media. You know, it's rah-rah Fresno. And uh, he gives an answer to 
do you want Devontae Adams on the Raiders? Your former teammate, maybe Devontae Adams, would be a Raider. What is just your thoughts on those rumors? Do you think that's a possibility in the future? I've learned in this in this business, you never shut a door on anything. You know, I know that he's uh, obviously the best receiver. You know, everyone said one of the best. He's the best receiver. You know, in the NFL. You know, the guy is unbelievable. Is uh, you know been one of my best friends. You know, since we were in college together. I love the guy. You know, he's a he's a good golfer too. He's he's a pretty good golfer. So he's he's getting good at golf. But I would always welcome to play with him again. I think uh, I think it would unlock some things in both of us that people haven't seen yet. There you go. Uh, a that's tampering. B shots fired at Henry Ruggs and John. No, because I I heard that I heard that initially as well that he stumbled for a second. Can you play it again? Play it again, and let's listen to the receiver part. By the way, this is all courtesy of ABC 30 in Fresno. Thank you. Your former teammate, maybe Devontae Adams, would be a Raider. What is just your thoughts on those rumors? Do you think that's a possibility in the future? I've learned in this in this business, you never shut a door on anything. You know, I know that he's uh, obviously the best receiver. You know, everyone said one of the best. He's the best receiver. You know, in the NFL. You know, the guy is unbelievable. Uh, okay, stop it there. No, best, it's not. Best it's, receiver in the NFL. There's not one person on the face of the earth who'd be like, "Rugs, you deserve to get pissed off," because <laughs> because he said Devontae Adams is the number one receiver. You still shouldn't say it. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I agree with you. Right. I, just, I mean, <laughs> will but, someone try to stir that pot? Sure. I'm sure. But sure. if you want, we just talked about Brady lying all the time. Here's some here's here's honesty from Derek Carr. Where he's like, he was even trying to be. I don't know who he was trying to be nice to. Like, if you think Devontae Adams is number one, then say he's number one. He, he, he is one of the best receivers in the NFL. Next time Ruggs is available, should I be like, what do you think about Carr saying Devontae Adams is the best I'm, receiver? What do you think Ruggs would say? <laughs> he is. Yeah, He's really good. <laughs> he's he is he's one receiver. of the guys I look up to. He's I, a guy I'm I, trying to be yeah, like. I hope I can be like that. Right, of course. Can you imagine him getting mad? Come on. No, are we counting Darren Waller as a receiver? No. No. Not okay. at all. All right. Just looking for the angle. I will be recruiting very hard. So when that time comes, uh, it will be a full court press. I don't know if you know this too, but Jake Hayner is a pretty good golfer as well. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard Jake is a good golfer, and uh, spent some time with Jake um, out out in Bakersfield at our barn out there. And uh, and I, I have heard he he let me know he grew up on a golf course though. So I mean he, he's got to be good at golf. Yeah, he's got a bit of an edge. Yeah, he's got to be good at golf. <laughs> now, not all of us got to grow up on golf courses, Jake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing a little shade at the Fresno quarterback now because he grew up too rich apparently. Country club kid, or, or maybe he wasn't a country club kid, and it was a a shack that was on a golf course. Just happened to be near a golf course. So a, I don't know uh, a whole lot about Jake Hayner, but on a Muni Muni course. You know what? That's a possibility. Sure. Although I think if you live on most most Muni courses, that's still pretty good living. I don't think so. So do you bond with Carr when he makes a comment like that? Like eh, I didn't grow up on a golf course. Well, he lives, you, on, you, one. You, he lives you, on one now. You kind of bond with the the, the less fortunate. You know, those who grew up on the other side of the tracks like the Hill family did. Wherever the sure. tracks were, it seems like they were in like 16 different cities. Whoa. I mean, we were basically riding the tracks wherever they take <laughs> us. Like hobos. But everything's good now. Sure. Everything's good now. You, got, live, you have thousands of dollars live, to spend on your pets. Live on the same. <laughs> when they get sick. It's true. Uh, live on the same golf course Derek does. Oh, that's right. Look at that's right. I forgot about you and the lofty... So high neighborhood with Floyd sure. and certain attorneys in town. Sure. And Derek Carr. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's worked out for all you guys at the same exact level, too. <laughs> I'm not behind the gate. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, yeah, there you go. No gated. No gated community. 
All the way back, let's get to what's going on with the Clippers and the Suns tonight. I can't believe the series could be over this quickly, and uh, this whole super team that the Clippers built, that could be over as well, because now we're here in Kawhi. Hey, is this familiar? Is supposedly angry with team doctors. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune up today by calling 577-2600. It's a particularly bad look for the the NBA, which is considered the most progressive major sports league that we have in this country. And for them to hire two hires of women, of guys who have been accused of mistreating women or sexually assaulting or hitting women, for them to get hired and Becky Hammond not to get hired, I don't see how we can argue that's not a, a good look. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Pretty strong stuff there. Dominique Foxworth talking about some of the recent hires, guys like Jason Kidd and Chauncey Billups. Billups has a lot of layers. So Billups is the hire in Portland. Kidd, we talked about last week, a gambling guy and Cuban came together, and I guess Luca is cool with it because a Nike guy was cool with it, as I'm just speaking in code. But Kidd's the coach now in Dallas. You know, he had a serious issue with domestic violence. WAPO says, uh, Blazers hired Chauncey Billups as coach despite backlash over 1997 sexual assault allegation. Hmm. In the lead, it says, prompting franchise guard Damian Lillard to publicly distance himself from the move. Now, Billups has been in the NBA. It's not like this is, you know, he's from out of nowhere. We know it's very different when you're an assistant, when you're a head coach, though. It shouldn't be. In terms of the story being out there? Right, of course. Yeah. And so it shouldn't he's be. He's been with the Clippers. And interesting way of framing it, and that this was a topic I certainly want to get to. All the jobs are not filled, right? We still got some jobs open. Uh, Becky Hammond apparently was in the final three interviews with the Blazers. Yeah. I still think it's going to be a while before a female takes over. So do I. Okay. It's... Well, then, as an organization, do you have to make sure that your guy is squeaky clean when it comes to relations with women? And what does an allegation mean? Sure. Are you saddled with it for life? Yeah, that's a big question. And, and how, you know, how is it resolved? All the, all those things matter uh, to the case or to the to the story and to. You know whether somebody should be considered for a job and that sort of thing. I, I do think, I mean, I think Becky Hammond's job is going to be San Antonio. Like that's where she's going to get the job. She's already been there, but he's comfortable with her. You know, Popovich will give her the endorsement, and everything else. So um, I still think that's where it'll be. Um, and then once that happens, it opens the door for potentially others. But um, I think Becky Hammond has put in the kind of time and the kind of service that you could never you know, question whether, oh, you're just doing this because it's a female. Like, she's she's put in the time as the assistant. She's, you know, she's worked her way up. She's coached the summer league and, and done all the other things and learned under one of the best coaches in the league. So on Lillard and Chauncey Billups, the new coach, 
Uh, someone tweeted. I'm guessing someone forwarded this to Dame Lillard, or is he one of the guys who just has Dame in a column searching himself? Sure. Someone on Twitter said, this is on Dame, in my opinion. They were always going to hire exactly who he wanted, and he wanted Billups or Kidd. They put out names like Becky Hammond and Mike D'Antoni to cool off some of the backlash and hired the guy they were always going to hire. Lillard responded to it. He said, really? I was asked what coaches I like of the names I, quote, heard, and I named them. Sorry, I wasn't aware of their history. I didn't read the news when I was seven or eight years old. Okay. I don't support those things. So he's talking about Billups and the allegation. But if this is the route, y'all want to come at me. He says, say less. <laughs> That's good. I mean, I, I love Dame, and I, you know, I, I think um, this is not just this. He, he's often weighs in when people say someone say stuff on Twitter, and he's pretty honest for the most part and uh, expresses his opinion. Like in this case, it's rough because it, it did sound all along, and when they hired Billups, it was like, oh, they're going with Dame's choice. And all of a sudden, it's like, ah, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not so sure. Well, well, is that a good excuse that, hey, you know what? I know him as a basketball coach. I know him from the NBA. I don't know what he was doing back in 1993 or 1997. Yeah, I, think the allegations I think were. it's fair. I just, I wonder how much he may have heard before the hire took place or if he saw any tweets and just kind of ignored them. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know how much of this he did know or should have known or, or how much it really matters. Like you said, all, accus- all accusations are different. And, you know, some probably should stay with you and some shouldn't. Yeah, that 97 case. So Billups and then, um, you know, teammate at the time, Ron Mercer, reached a financial settlement with a woman who alleged she was raped in 97 at the home of Antoine Walker. That Billups, a rookie at the time. That complicates things further, right? The settlement. Sure. Sure, But again, not all settlements are the same either. Sometimes you're you're paying because you don't want it. You don't want some things to be public, or you don't want um, to go through cases. Sometimes you settle because you're wrong, and you're just trying to get out of it and avoid it as much as you can. Like you can't always read into what a settlement means either. So again, like there there are some of these allegations that should stay with people, that should haunt people, that should prevent them from you know getting high profile you know jobs in the future. And there's some that are not fair and some that unfairly hang over people. Like all, all of them are different. John Canzano is a big columnist up there, and he does a radio show too. Uh, wrote a quote, it sends a terrible message, particularly to the women in our state. I, I don't necessarily disagree. Again, I'll, I'll, they're all different. And, and you know, if he wants to talk about what happened and what's going on, if she does, I don't know what kind of NDAs they had. You know, who knows? If somebody wants to find her and, you know, see what her her side of it is because it never got to come out. You know, all those things are fair, I think. On a side note, Boston's all fired up. The city, basketball fans, WEEI on Lillard. Report, Damian Lillard was in touch with Jason Tatum before joining Team USA. They were in touch. Okay. They were in touch. What does that mean? This guy in the Celtics. And a guy who may be on the move. They were in touch. What did they talk about? What if they were in touch about movies? 
was about trading. I mean, it's obvious about trading Lillard to the Celtics, joining forces with Jason Tatum. For Tatum? No. <laughs> There's a lot. Oh, look who it is. Look who it is. Alex Reamer, our guy. <laughs> Good. Get the Damian Lillard to Boston rumor started. Ever since Lillard posted a cryptic tweet about uh, or following the Blazers' latest early playoff exit, there's been speculation about the All-Stars' desire to leave Portland despite just signing a Supermax extension. And now we can file this little nugget away. He's been in touch with Jason Tatum. It's exactly the way that's supposed to be read. Don't, and that's it. There's no other details. Don't players talk about things all the time? BBW, Big Brian Windhorst from ESPN, says here, according to Reamer, wrote a story about the construction of Team USA and the well-regarded NBA insider reports. I like that. That's very nice to say. Of BBW. Lillard consulted Tatum before joining the team. Lillard was uh, also in communication with Boston Celtics wing Jason Tatum, who put off his decision on Team USA for some time after the season ended to evaluate his offseason priorities. And I'm guessing they talked about joining forces in Boston. I think that's the only acceptable conclusion or joining forces for team USA <laughs> Adam don't be cynical ruining all the fun oh boy all right well we got a thorny issue because who knows what Lillard's gonna do people I mean, you know if this turns into hey Lillard hates women he doesn't care <laughs> get Billups out of there is there any chance it's all unravels and Billups is not the coach well, I think there's a possibility Especially if they only hired him because Billups wanted him, and then Billups was like, oh, that wasn't me. Lillard wanted him. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Is there a chance that both Kidd and Billups don't make it to the finish line? I mean, I feel like Kidd, Kidd is in. We've come to grips with Jason Kidd and his problems? He's, I mean, he's been, I would say, more vetted as you know, being a head coach twice and going through this several times already. Billups is a little different. All right, we'll follow the story. Can't give a lot of opinions on it because until Bill speaks or doesn't speak about it, you know, we don't know what the next step is. And until Lillard is more clear about what he wants, there's no way to react to that either. We think he was only, we think Bill was only hired because that's who Lillard wanted. And now Lillard's like, what, me? But we will remind everyone, and it's pushed back a little bit this year, what. I love the NBA, and when it's a really intriguing finals, we're down with it. When the big players are in the playoffs, we're down with it. But really, what is the second best time of the year in the NBA? It's the offseason. Oh, yeah. It's when they come out. I guess they're the best. I don't even know. Do they still, are they still going to do the stupid moratorium where they're like, nothing can happen, and then there's like 12, 15 announcements, and then everything becomes official on a certain date, and you're like, wait, this is, I thought they weren't supposed to be doing anything. Of course they're going to do it. It's the best part of the season. Stick around. Cofield and Company returns in minutes in the Finley Toyota Studios. We don't mess around when it comes to food. It's the Fat Pack, brought to you by Nova Home Loans. And there's wine already for tasting, and there's Cadillacs all shiny and new. Gotta move. All right, all right, I like it, I like it. Watching the stand-up right now on uh, ESPN. Stephen A. getting ready for Phoenix and the Clippers. We'll get to the Kawhi Leonard story 
about rumors about Kawhi not being happy with the doctors with the Clips. And remember, he has an opt-out. So this could be it for Kawhi with the Clippers. This could be it for the Clippers tonight. The game starts right after Cofield and company. We're just watching the stand-up with Stephen A. Smith, and I was pointing out Mark Spears. He used to be with Yahoo. He's a big fella, you know? Fellow big fella. Not always easy to dress when you're a big fella. True. I like this for you. Can we get a screenshot of that? I mean, I don't like I don't get the collar. Send that out. He's got a he's got the standards that a black jacket. Yeah. Right? He's got like a black blazer, and then he's got some sort of polka dot, kind of lighter black shirt underneath it, and then he the uh, accent is the the red handkerchief. I like the handkerchief in the in the front pocket. I don't I feel like it should match the shirt though. Ooh. Like you go Look red you shirt. Picky. Red shirt with red handkerchief. What about Instead what about the bl- polka dot shirt with a white handkerchief, which would really pop? That would pop. All right. I would like that. There you go. Ari, send that out. We'll see if we can uh, do a GoFundMe because we know Adam won't spend the money on those clothes. I might. I might have to buy a suit. I got a wedding next week. You might have to buy a suit. Is, it a suit, is it a suit wedding? That's what I don't know. Does it fit anymore? You've gotten a little thinner. Yeah, no. Well, Are you be, swimming in uh, your jackets? Yeah, I'm t- I'm, I love that, though. My goal well, is... Well, I like it, it. I tell you what, I like it as opposed to the... The alternative. Oh yeah. When uh, when it, all of us, you know, any of us are freaking ballooning out of a freaking that that is, like you don't have to weigh yourself to know that you've put on weight when you put on one of the sports coats and you're like, like you know, and and or when you first put it on, you're like, eh, and it feels like that whole like you know, fat guy in a little coat dance. Yeah. By Farley, you're like, okay, the sleeves are gonna rip, the whole back is gonna rip open. Right. And, and that, then, there's nothing more unsettling than putting on the jacket and you're like, whoa, this got a little snug. Yeah. What happened here? So, I mean, I know we have other things to talk about that I actually really want to talk about, but uh, <laughs> I actually—it's I, one of those things where I'm like, I feel like it's weird to ask, like, is this a suit wedding or a non-suit? Like, because uh, if it is, I feel like they'd be like, of course it is. Why would you even ask that question? I don't. To me, if you're not in the wedding party, no, no wedding should be a suit wedding. I kind of agree. A, a sports coat, you know, what and whatever pants, especially because I literally have to fly in and fly out. Yeah, that's screws. Suits. Like, suits are done. I'm like covering a press conference and flying for the wedding and then flying back to like cover weddings. Once basketball coaches started going to freaking sweats and golf shirts, that's it. It applies to weddings as well. I think that's true, but I also don't want to be like the jerk that's not wearing a suit. Right, you look like a fool. Like, what, what is this guy doing? Slob. Yeah. So I don't know, but I also think it's disrespectful to even ask because, like, if it is, and then they're like, "Yeah, of course." It, why would you ask? Why would you ask if my wedding's a suit wedding? Of course it is. I don't want to be that guy. All right. Did I tie that together? Rat Pack, Natalie attired all the time. Sure. Got Mark Spears, NBA guy. Sure. Wearing the good outfit. I have to push original Fat Pack story off to the five o'clock hour. We're a little short on time, but we will get to it. <laughs> it's unfortunate. I love that. No, story. it's a great story. We'll get to it. Public servants sometimes get a little too big for their britches. Sure. Let's go tease board, big five. I don't even know what's in the big five. I don't know until I look. Whatever Ari puts together for the rundown, we just follow what he puts in. We're going to have to cut something out. That's usually how it goes? Yeah. We're at the the mercy of Ari's rundown. And I do need to finish the Kawhi Leonard point because we teased it like 20 minutes ago. So there are rumors out there that Kawhi Leonard – may not be happy with the Clippers doctors now. So this sounds familiar. He was pissed off at the Spurs doctors. He he got really um, – I mean, he distanced himself from the Spurs. Sure. And even some of the players to the point where Tony Parker came out and started ripping him. He hasn't done that yet with the Clippers. He's due $36 million. He can opt out. He can go somewhere else. If this is really an issue and he had – he. 
if the story is that he had knee issues, he feels like he was misdiagnosed, and now he's got a serious knee issue, look out. These could be some big problems. Yeah, absolutely it could. And and it could lead to a shakeup of the whole league because if he goes somewhere else where there's some star players, uh, that could be a difference-making you know move for the league and change the balance of power and everything else. It could go play with LeBron and AD across, across the hall. First thing I was thinking of. Uh, go to Portland. Go with wow. uh, go with Billups. Like I don't know, I, I don't know, I don't know where he could go, but it, it could change. How about a uh, sign and trade? Philly sends Ben Simmons to the Clippers, and Kawhi could wind up in Philly. Here we go, the best part of the NBA season. So fun. The speculation of the offseason. Uh, did you did you see? I think it was was it Breen that was calling the calling the play by play of Kawhi going crazy. Like, uh, you know, Kawhi is just sitting up in the box, just like completely stoic the whole game. Yeah. It's like, Kawhi going nuts. Just like kind of mocking the lack of emotion for (laughs) Kawhi. It was great. He's a classic. Uh, John Montobel's coming up. John, of course, part of the company, also part of VCN, always crunching the numbers. He's saying, looking at the numbers in this series, the Suns really haven't been this great, and the Clippers have freaking blown. They've missed an opportunity. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with John Von Tobel. All right, let's bring in our NBA guru, John Von Tobel, Cofield. It's Adam Hill. It's Ari. John is on the road. He's in California. Generally, he's in the uh, the areas where you get real street cred, Central California. But uh, now he's in where? Where are you? Newport? Yeah, Newport Beach. I'm actually living life. Like we got a we got a place that's like a two minute walk from the beach. Just just living it up. Oh wow, John, fancy Airbnb? Uh, no, it's like some it's some sort of like outlet that is doing it. Some sort of what? Now, I don't know. It's like a it's like a hotel type thing. It's a okay. rental of some sort, but okay. it's, you know, it's like a three decker kind of beachside house, and we oh, got nice. the middle tier. Text me the address. I'm trying to get down there, so I'd like a nice place. I don't have Von Tobel money though. Oh no, this is definitely within the budget. This isn't Von Tobel money. Okay. Well, it sounds yeah. like you sounds like you're doing well. All right. Well, let's start off first of all. Uh, there's big news, uh, or is it big news? Zubots out for the Suns and the Clippers. Yeah, well, it's literally big news, right? Um, well, I, like, look, so it sucks because Zubac has been absolutely fantastic for this team, and, and he's actually been pulling his weight in areas that you wouldn't expect. If you watch this series closely, he has been forced to guard out in space more often, I think, than the, the Clippers would like, and yet he has held up his own right. He has guarded Chris Paul out along the perimeter. He's guarding Devin Booker along the perimeter and has not put together any low-light reels, uh, you know, for social media and for the – sports centers of the world to glam onto. So he's been doing a really good job, but it does suck, right? Because he, at least from a physical standpoint, matches up with Aiton. And now uh, this is setting up for a really big game for Aiton. But it's also just it's, just, it's just where the Clippers are at at this point right now, right? Zubach with the MCL sprain, Kawhi Leonard with the ACL sprain. If Marcus Morris dealing with a bum knee, too, uh, this is just a really beat-up team who has played a lot of games over the span of a month, more than any of these other teams that are currently in the conference finals. So, uh, it seems like this team is wearing down. But I will say, he shouldn't really be worth a ton to a point spread. And this is still a team that can win games without him, right? Nick Batum carries a lot more minutes in terms of some of the more small ball lineups. 
You can still drive and kick, and if you correct your shooting, you shouldn't be dead. So I wouldn't write the Clippers off just yet. But obviously, you know, Zubac by himself doesn't mean much. But when you pile on the injuries that they're already dealing with, obviously every injury after that becomes a little bit more important. So, I mean, you said they can win games without him. Can they win three straight games without him? Uh, three straight is obviously a tough task. I mean, Adam, look, so this is, this is the best three-point shooting team in the NBA. Uh, this is one of the more deadly small ball lineups that we're going to have left in the NBA postseason right next to what Giannis and, uh, at center does right for the Milwaukee Bucks. And over the course of three, I'll put it this way. The Suns are up 3-1 in this series, and they have a negative 0.5 net rating, right? Like, that's a lot of missed opportunities for the Los Angeles Clippers. So it, the potential is there. I mean, I think if you watch the series very closely, you could realize that there's a really strong argument to be made that the Clippers are, should be the one with a 3-1 series lead right now. They're not. So there's the potential for them to to do it, but it's just they. I would think they need Zubac. Obviously, the possibility goes really, really low without Zubac in the fold. Uh, in the other series, like we think the Sun series is close to over. They just have to win one of the last three to put it away. Uh, I feel like the Buck series is over. Okay. I mean, look, <laughs> I, I, I picked them to win in five, Milwaukee, and it's funny. You know, I, like we do this all the time with series, like in every sport, but I saw a lot of like dunking on the people who picked the Bucks to win in like five after game one. And like I threw it out there when I was filling in for humans on my guys, like, you know they could still win four straight in this thing, yeah. and sure enough, like they, you know they have looked really good. Game two, they absolutely blow out Atlanta, and then yesterday in game three, how about this, guys? A plus fifty nine point one net rating in the fourth quarter for the Milwaukee Bucks in that game yesterday. They hold the Atlanta Hawks to zero point seven seven three points per possession. They they were absolutely dynamic, and then you get on top of that, Chris Middleton, of course being able to go nuts and hit, uh, I think it was uh, four three-point shots in the final quarter and score 20 points overall. Uh, I would agree with you for the most part, Adam. I picked this series to go just five games. I thought they were going to be a very competitive five games. And yesterday, right, or yesterday, yesterday, all the time melts together, it was a competitive game, right? Just because it ended in a double-digit deficit does not mean it wasn't competitive. And so this series has kind of played out how you kind of thought it was going to be. But this is the bottom line. This is a Bucks team that over three games now has a plus 13.8 net rating against Atlanta. They still have zero answers for Giannis Antetokounmpo and everything along the interior for the Milwaukee Bucks. Atlanta, through three games now in non-garbage time, has given up nearly 90 attempts within four feet of the basket. And keep in mind, that's non-garbage time. That cuts out the entire fourth quarter of the second game. So they have just gotten whatever they wanted inside. Still no answer for Giannis. And now Chris Middleton has woken up. Like I would agree with you that I thought this was a five-game series. I haven't seen anything through the night. Well, the three games, even in the win, that has deterred me from that predicament whatsoever. When Trey Young was able to finish the game, but he looked awful yeah. uh, down the stretch. I mean, let's say he's not a hundred percent. What what chance do they possibly have at that point? Yeah, look, I, I think that, that when you hear him say this has affected my blow by speed, is what he called it, right? The ability to attack guys off the bounce and get past them, especially when it's mismatches, when the Bucks are switching a lot of stuff. Uh, it's huge. And, and look, we know that if he's breathing, he's playing, so he's probably going to be out there. I think the worry right now, if you're looking at the Hawks, if you're backing them in any sort, form, or fashion, is if the blow-by speed, as he calls it, isn't there, that means he's settling for more three-point shots. And I get he had some pretty big three-point shots that he hit yesterday. That's not Trey Young's game right now, right? Like, the logo shots are not what you want him hitting. There's a reason why this team going into yesterday, and since game one of the Philly series, have been shooting 32% from three. It's a lot of really bad looks from three-point range, and Trey, Trey takes a high volume of them. And if he is not able to attack off of the bounce, 
if his spring isn't there to attack with his floater, then that kind of means that he's probably going to start settling for a lot more of those, right? And I think that's a really bad thing. Total, 219. Under. Wait, say that again? Total in the next game, 219. We go oh, under? Yeah, I think with, with Milwaukee, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like, if you're, if you're talking about Trey not being able to pull his weight offensively, what the Bucks can do defensively, like, I would think that the market's going to react to that pretty strongly, and this thing's going to go under. Because, as you mentioned, the Hawks have already struggled to shoot, and this is against the 29th-ranked defense. Remember the perimeter in the regular season. They haven't been able to shoot very well against them. Trey's going to be hobbled. And just think about their roster, too, Steve. Like, their backup point guard is Lou Williams, right? Mm-hmm. Williams is a two-guard who scores. There's no facilitation outside of Trey Young. So you would think that their offense takes a really big blow if he's not going to be able to play. John Von Tobel's with us, Vincent. He's part of the company as well. I want to close on some hockey here in a second, but I'll throw a random question in there for you because uh, I'm not <clears throat> like you with all the uh, NBA numbers, and we really do respect the, the work that John does. The other night on the, the late-night podcast, uh, Petro and I, Seren, does the show out of Kansas City, and we started talking about the Ball Brothers and Lonzo. And I want to see if I'm just uh, you know completely uh, just too smitten for the Ball Brothers. Is Lonzo Ball a guy that people will want moving forward? Has he shown market improvement? What do the numbers say? Yeah, 100% he's going to be a guy that people want going forward. Like, is he going to be like max contract, give him all the money in the world? No, but like, if I would tell you that I have a defensive-oriented point guard who has shot over 38% from three each of the last two seasons, do you want him on your team? I think you're going to say yes, like more like nine out of ten times, given the construction of your roster. So I think any any slight toward Lonzo Ball, I think, is a little uh, uneducated if you haven't really watched him play. And I think it's a dislike for his name as opposed to his game because he has done a really good job in improving three-point shooting. has been consistent now for over two seasons, so you think that's going to stick. His defensive play has been absolutely tremendous, and there are times, too, when he's running an offense, if they're getting up and down the floor and he's in control, he can still provide a really good presence at the one. So I would say yes. Like I think he is going to be a, com- a commodity that is uh, uh, pined after by a lot of these teams in the offseason. Stanley Cup Final, we've got Montreal in against the Lightning. The Lightning have been one of the favorites all year long to win the, the Cup, um, the elite organization. Montreal gets by VGK. Close series, 4-2, but VGK was minus like 475. This is Lightning minus 280. Yeah. So, like, is, is, is VGK nearly $2 better than the Lightning? So I would say no. So, like, there's clearly right an adjustment here in this series price. And so now you have to ask yourself, is better, like, okay, is this adjustment a little too much? Because, look, there was a bias, right, especially out here in that price for Vegas. But, like, that, it wasn't really off by a lot from the global market. So we know that there was a reason why this Montreal team was priced the way it was. You know, they weren't the best regular season team, as we know. And so I just think, you know, there's a lot of – I think there's two different, like, thoughts, right? There's one that is, you know, hey, the bias for Vegas, that's absolutely ridiculous, make that price too high. And you can also sit back and go – also, a, a hockey series, like a hockey team in general, just given the nature of the game, shouldn't be that high either. But now you look at this, and, and Tampa Bay, as good as they are, as skilled as they are and as deep as they are, kind of deserve to be a really big favorite. But now we're talking like 280 as compared to what Vegas was playing in that series. That seems like a really big adjustment to the point where, as crazy as it might sound, there actually might be some value on the Tampa Bay Lightning because if Vegas was that high of a price, you would think the Lightning would be, at the very least, a $3.50 favorite on the series line, but we're talking about minus 280. And I know people balk at the thought of, oh, 280, there's no value in that. There is value in large favorites, depending on how you set the price. And given where the market was at with Montreal in the last series, 
how highly respected this Tampa Bay team is, and yet the massive adjustment from it, there looks like there's some value here in the series of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Stag bar, mutt lynches. <laughs> those were those were those were two of the suggestions uh, that I got on social media. We haven't decided where we're going to go yet, but the, I was looking for like a crazy popping like Clippers bar, maybe if it was going to be a tight series. But obviously, it's it's very it's very dark, very dark. How, how's Diego like the beach, dude? He's freaked he's freaked out by the water. I don't know if Isabel put up like uh, anything on social media. He is freaked out by the water, like absolutely freaked out. He just wants to build sandcastles. Every time I bring him out into the water, he like latches onto me like an octopus and won't let go. <laughs> That's good. You got to teach him the tough lessons. Throw him in. Let's go. Come on. Oh, I have. I know you have. He didn't like (laughs) I know the kind of dad you are. All right. Have a good time while you're on vacation, John. We'll talk to you. All right. You got it, guys. Thank you. You're the best. John Von Tobel on vacation calling in. Yeah. I was also the poor poor kid being just thrown into the Pacific Ocean. I was also. Learn how to survive, kiddo. I was going to ask him if he's watching his angels while he's down there because there was just quite, quite a development in that game. Okay, that's a good tease for the yeah. five o'clock hour. Uh, he will have, like I didn't. I wasn't uh, speaking out of turn there, right? He will have time to go to like some kind of restaurant bar without the kid. You got the kid. I ho- oh, man, it's tough. Changes things. That does change everything. Of course, uh, they got those schooners. Here we go to Mutt Lynch's. They got the schooners. Yeah, it's fun. Kids pizza, can't go. Good though. pizza. Kids Ari's can't like, go. I have know nothing about Newport. John's going to Chuck E. Cheese. Visit lvsportsnetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews.